Hey guys, and welcome to the Pacing Racing Podcast Experience, the Canadian Triathlon Podcast made in mind for the age group triathletes. Today's guest is Michelle Vesterby. So some may know Michelle from her four Ironman wins or her seven appearances as a pro in Kona, with three of those being top 10. But most may recognize her as being the happiest triathlete on earth from Denmark. (laughs) Now, as you'll hear in today's podcast, Michelle is full of good spirits and truly loves her sport of triathlon. And what amazes me about Michelle is she's currently 32 weeks pregnant with her first child and she's still pumping out serious training volume and still optimistic as ever. Now she redefines pregnancy and training and in today's episode, we talk lots about training while being pregnant along with her telling us about a ton of advice for the age group triathletes on training tips for the swim, bike, run and nutrition. Now we also get to talk to her about what it's like doing a race while she was pregnant and her future plans of competing in triathlon. I can go on all day about Michelle. Of course, it all resonates with us so much better coming from her. So let's get started. Let's cue the music. Today's episode is brought to you by our two sponsors who I'm excited to represent. The first one is Scody. So I'm excited to talk about Scody because I've just been shown the design for the latest pacing racing triathlon kits that will be made available on March 25th to the public. And this is super exciting. And this is the first time these will be available and on sale. And if you haven't seen them yet, then you can find all the information on them on my Instagram page at pacing.and.racing. Now the sale will go on for two weeks, starting from March 25th and ending April 8th. And after that, the kit will no longer be available for some time. So I'll be representing this kit proudly at my upcoming races this year. And if you're a fan of the content or simply just looking for one awesome looking kit to wear this season, then be sure to get ready to put an order in. Now with the pace and race discount code, you get 10% off your purchase and we'll be making triathlon suits, cycling jerseys and bibs, braces and nicks, running shirts and running caps, all for both men and women. Now, if you haven't seen the design yet, it's an awesome turquoise on Navy design and has the pacing racing logo on the chest and it just looks absolutely awesome. I'll be posting the link to the store on March 25th on all of my social media. So if you're following pacing racing on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, or if you're subscribed to the email list or even on this podcast, then I'll let you guys know the link when it's live and how you can purchase your kit. So I've always done a ton of research whenever I'd buy something for triathlon because as we all know, it's an expensive sport. Now, what I've recognized is the most expensive product doesn't always mean it's the best product. And that's why I love this Scody brand. Now, they offer the professional grade and design and material, but offer it in a price range that you and I can both afford. And like I said, you'll get a ton of life out of their apparel because all of their apparel is professional grade and wearing it, you won't find chafing on long races, won't suffer the wear and tear like many of the cheaper products do that are out on the market today. So if you want to check them out, you can find them on Instagram by searching at Scody, A-U-S, and that's S-C-O-D-Y, A-U-S or go to www.scody.com, or if you're on Facebook, search Scody Australia. Now, the second sponsor is a brand that's been dating back to 1993 and has held the test of time, and that is Blue 70. Now, Blue 70 is a triathlon and swimwear company that are probably most well-known for their professional quality wetsuits, but they also have a massive inventory of swimwear like swim skins, jammers, gear bags, goggles, and pool accessories. Now, what are pool accessories? They're basically anything to help you train in the pool, like the hand paddles, pole boys, kickboards, and core shorts for buoyancy. And for all you crazy swimmers out there who go out in the open water as early as March in places like Canada, they also have the thermal swimwear options, which will help you in the colder temperatures. So Blue 70 is known to have some of the best wetsuits, swim skims, jammers, and pool accessories. So if this is something you want to try out, then definitely be sure to check out their website. 
Now I personally wear the Helix Men's wetsuit. It's my favorite wetsuit I've ever worn and honestly fits so snug and there's zero restriction. It has this nicest feature on the zipper because it does up from the neck and sits at your lower back when zipped so you won't find any chafing from the zipper, which is I know it's not a really a big thing, but it's something you do notice when you're getting that chafing on your back as you're doing a two kilometer or four kilometer swim. So it's a super cool wetsuit. And the fact I'm getting to wear the same wetsuit as some of my idols like Braden Curry and Lionel Sanders makes it that much better. So for all you who are curious to see more Blue 70, then go ahead and check out our YouTube channel on Pacing Racing because I just put out a video today on Blue 70 swimwear review and also teach you about how to choose your swimwear based off your budget, your skill level, and the races you plan on doing or the environment in which you train in. So you can go ahead and check that out on our Pacing Racing YouTube channel. So if you're searching for basically anything for your swim training and swimwear, which everyone's always looking for ways to improve their swim, then you can go ahead and check out Blue 70 on Instagram at Blue 70 or by going to www.blue70.com. And if you're on Facebook, you can search Blue 70. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Pace Racing Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing very really fine. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. Yeah, no, no worries at all. And again, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're obviously very busy, so it means a lot that you took the time today to come and talk to us. So I saw that you just posted on Instagram that your uh, your 32 weeks pregnancy photo, and it was alongside your training hours for the week. And it looks like you've done, you said, five and a half hours of swimming, five of cycling, and four and a half of running, and then also an hour gym, which I can honestly say has been a lot more than I've done this week. So <laughs> now... What's it been like training through your pregnancy? Has it been hard or have you enjoyed it? And has it sort of made the time go by in your pregnancy? Yeah, so I made this obligation in the beginning of my pregnancy to do the weekly updates, which has helped me definitely, you know, to keep motivated and, you know, to keep putting in the training hours. And I can tell you that despite training 15 or 20 hours, it's, it, I don't want to call it training anymore. I want to keep call it moving. So, yeah, I'm getting out there and trying to get the stuff done, you know, but it's it's been rough and it's getting rougher for sure, you know. I'm I'm 13 kilos heavier now, so you can imagine how it feels to try to run or in the water, I feel like a submarine. I definitely need my pool boy just to feel a little bit comfortable and definitely to keep up with the other swimmers there, so... <laughs> awesome. No, that's incredible. And so is it true that they, they basically say that you're, you're capable of doing pretty much anything fitness wise that you were able to do before your pregnancy as sort of throughout your pregnancy? Yeah, I'm capable of doing it, you know, but again, very slow and I'm listening to the body. Some days are good days. Some days are not. And that's also what I tell people when they say that, Oh, you train so much. How can you do it? And I'm like, listen, guys, I know my body so well. I'm a professional athlete, so I know when it feels good and when it doesn't feel good, and then I just stop, you know. But this is my, this is my life, and I have a full-time job. This is my full-time job, right? So for me, training two or three hours a day, that's not really much. There's still a lot of time around that training, you know, where I can relax, which normal people cannot do. Yeah, no, for sure, exactly. And now, is there any precautions you need to take when either competing or, or training during your pregnancy? So, you know, I definitely don't compete against anyone at the moment. I only compete against my weekly updates. 
um, and and my husband for sure. You know, he feels <laughs> like he's getting in the best shape of his life right now because he can beat me. But I'm really not competing against him. But you know, so and in the beginning, I I did race Ironman Hawaii in week 11. And I did talk to some doctors about it. It was a surprise for me that I was pregnant there. But I was feeling like I was in the shape of my life. And they said that the only thing I had to be aware of, again, listen to the body. If you feel good, the baby feels good. But And then stay hydrated. You know, in a hot place as Kona, it's really important that I doesn't dehydrate. Uh, so I was just aware of getting the nutrition right during the race and that was also why I was a little bit I don't know what that word is in English but I decided to do Ironman Cosimo as well you know after a disappointment in Kona because of a bike defect and you know the race in Mexico I didn't finish I think there was a, a lot of stuff you know who told me not to do that race uh, I had a big puncture in the end that I couldn't fix. So, But I was also, again, feeling pregnant that morning on race day. So I don't think that I would have finished the race anyway. So, again, that's also where you have to, to listen to the body. Did I just talk a lot about a lot of stuff right now? <laughs> what did you understand? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's, a, it's actually, it's very well, cool. It's a really wide question you, you asked me, right? Something yeah. about healing and something about training and, yeah. <laughs> no that's awesome and was it was a common uh knowledge at the time in Kona that you were pregnant or did that did was that still sort of kept quiet no I didn't tell anyone before after the race because I I didn't I haven't told my parents or anyone because I didn't I wasn't sure about it you know so I wanted to come home to a doctor and and figure out what was going on you know I did talk to a doctor there which is one of my friends so, you know, just to get some common advice about what to do and what to be aware of and if it was safe enough to race uh, this in these early states of the pregnancy. So Awesome. Yeah, no, and that's, that's very cool because it's obviously, it's an inspiration to so many females out there who I know probably have that common question of what are, what are they able to kind of do throughout pregnancy. So I think that kind of the answers that for the most part, um, just a big thing is just listening to your body and knowing what you're capable of. So I think that's really cool. Now, it looks like you'll be expecting a baby boy, which is super exciting. Um, have you guys decided on a name yet or are you guys keeping that a secret or? No, no. I already put it out there some in some post, I think. Uh, his name will be Marcus after my brother Mark who died some years ago. And just shortly then Mark was multi-handicapped. So he couldn't swim, bike or run or talk, but he was just such a positive person so it's not a sad story he had 26 good years of his life and that was way more than the doctor predicted in the beginning when he first was born so marcus will be the little new the new mark that can do everything that he couldn't do hopefully and he will be just as strong as he was so um, that's been a name on my mind for a long time and luckily klaus was was up for that as well so yeah, it will have a special meaning for us when, not only when he's arrived, but just the whole story behind it. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And and Marcus is a really great name. I, I love that. Now, what was it like when you guys found out you're having a boy? Did it sort of make it more real for you finding out the gender? Um, because I know like when we found out the gender of our daughter, it made it 
honestly feels so real for me. And was it like that for you guys? Do you have that experience? Yeah, for sure. Some people don't want to know the gender. I don't understand because we have been <laughs> like talking to this boy like he was already there for a lots of months right now, you know. So it definitely made things much more real, you know, to, to give him a name and, you know, talk about where he's going to go to school and if he's going to be a triathlete or soccer player, you know. So we already put a lot of stuff uh, into his future you know and the guy you know the guy cannot decide himself because we already decided for him so <laughs> yeah, definitely made it made way more real for sure awesome so uh, when's the due date so the due date is the 14th of may okay yeah just around the corner i don't know when this will come out but uh, he probably will arrive a little bit earlier because we have a little bit of uh, problems so uh, i will have a c-section is it called that yep yep yeah so uh, i was really really hoping to give him birth as normal but that will not be possible so they will make a planned c-section with him because he has something uh, called a twin on his neck which means that um, when he comes out they have to remove it right away so it doesn't infect his breathing uh, oh, okay. so we were pretty lucky to find out of this, you know, because we had an extra scan because I wanted to say hi to him one more time. Uh, and some people are saying that that's stupid to get an extra scan. But this coincidence, it's really, really lucky that we got it. So we know what to be aware of when he shows out. So right now he's still really healthy. He's still growing in, in my belly. You know, he's, he's a big boy already, plus two kilos. So they hope that they can keep him in there for a few more weeks. So he will still be, uh, then the lungs will be developed too. And then they will take him out a little bit before time to make sure that this uh, twin is under control. But um, they say that 100% is, you know, fixable right away. So that's what we're hoping for, a little miracle. And again, named after Mark. How can he not be a tough boy and already now special? So, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a different uh, thinking we have to go through now, but we are really positive home. It was, I was, of course, sad and Klaus was sad in the beginning because we just wanted to have a healthy baby boy. But again, you can't control everything. And I think most parents experience something and now we just start out with, with a, a big thing, but I'm sure that it will be fine. For sure. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And, and, uh, we're looking forward to them. It'll be, uh, May. So that's, uh, that's coming up. So we're excited for you. That's, that's awesome to hear. Yeah. It'll be, be May or maybe even before. So that's also a good thing. You know, I want him to come out now. The sooner the better. Yeah. <laughs> He's kicking like a cra crazy Mac in here. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, do you have any plans for racing sort of near the end of 2019 or are you just going to sort of play it, play it by year after you have the baby? Yeah, now we will see how it goes with, with the birth and everything and, and how Marcus will arrive to the world. But it is my plan to race this year. That's also why I'm, I'm keep moving right now. You know, uh, I'm hoping to do a, a qualification Ironman for Hawaii 2020. So uh, which one it will be, I still don't know. I've also been saying out loud that I wanted to do Ironman Copenhagen, 
because I'm the double defending champion, but that's already in August, so that's probably not possible. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess it's a little bit close, eh? But no, that's, that's very cool. And now, do you still have a, a bucket list of races you want to compete in in the near future, or do you want to sort of, do you also want to tackle that ultimate goal of eventually still winning Kona? Kona is definitely still on, on my major list. You know, that's where you want to be the best, and I still feel I have some good races in me in Kona. So that's where I want to be back. Um, so I don't have any like bucket race races, you know, I would like, love to race some something in Asia at one point, um, just because they say it's a special atmosphere and I haven't tried it yet. So um, let's see. I have so many good races out there and I also tend to go to the same one. I love a race like Ironman Cosimo. Uh, which is in the end of the year. It's like on this bouncy island, so you feel like you have this holiday atmosphere while you're racing. So, yeah, I also like to do some of the other, the same races that I've already done. I'm a little bit boring when it comes to that. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And actually, speaking of the, the holiday feel, so I saw you've been to Lanzarote at the Club La Santa, which to those who don't know, it's, it's sort of like a resort for athletes, and it just seems like the coolest place in the world. So uh, what's it like there, and like, how did you enjoy the experience? It is the coolest place in the world. Uh, it's like a, a big holiday place, you know, and everything is so easy and convenient because you have like three Olympic pools, you have the dream, you have the track, you have a lot of sporty people around, so there's always someone to hang out with, to train with, you know, and, and that just makes life so much easier for you as an athlete. And the good thing, I'm also sponsored by them, and <laughs> I can come there and, you know, there's breakfast and dinner served, you can, your bed is made, you know, it's almost like being at home when my mom is passing by the house and doing all that stuff for me. <laughs> Reminded me a lot about Kona, you know, because some people also say it's boring to be there if I don't get bored by biking the same loops and, you know. But again, compared to rainy Denmark, then it's nice to get some a nice suntan. And you can, again, I think if you just combine the people that you train with, then you always have some new impressions when you're out there on the roads. Never gets boring. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's very cool. That's very cool. Now let's talk about your motto, which is it's simply put, it's just keep smiling. Now, obviously you're very well known for being a super happy go lucky triathlete. And as Talbot Cox described, you're quote the happiest triathlete on earth, which is, I think is very fitting because you always seem to be optimistic and smiling. So what keeps you so focused and in line with this mantra day in and day out? I just think it's really, really important that we remember how lucky we are that we can actually do what we love to do. And that's also why I'm pretty privileged that I had a multi-handicapped brother. So I know the totally opposite of not being able to do what you love to do. And in the world that we live in right now, I live in the happiest country, they say, in the world, Denmark, you know. If I don't feel joy in what I'm doing, I should just do something else, right? And that's also why every morning when I wake up, I cannot tell you that I'm not grumpy or I think it sucks to go to the pool and I definitely don't want to sit on the home trainer because it's raining and it's cold outside. I have a lot of days like that as well. But that's also where I really try to remind myself that how privileged 
I am to do what I love to do. And that's also what I hope to, to learn my baby boy, that, that he should be really lucky that he's born into a, a country like Denmark where we have the options that we do. And I just think that every triathlete out there, we are pretty privileged. If you can afford to have a bike, if you can have, afford to go to races, you know, then it's also just about joining and enjoying the process that you are in. And triathlon is just not a sport, it's a lifestyle because we have to be triath we have to be triathlete twenty four seven because it's both swimming, running and biking. And I think the whole community around the sport is so great that I love to train with age groupers uh, and I love that they can push me in the sport that I'm doing, if it's in, on the swim or on the bike and on the run, you know, that there's always someone in, in level that can match you and that can push you to be a better you. And that's also where you get another, you get some inspiration by training with others and hanging out with others and taking your time to know, yeah, just be around and be present. Awesome. Yeah, no. And honestly, that's, it's so great to hear the positivity as like positivity is so contagious and it, it's really great for the sport itself. So I think you, you nailed the head on that one. Um, now you have an online training community called keep smiling life. Now, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So to be honest, I still have the community, but I've been so lazy. Seriously. <laughs> I feel like this pregnancy when I also train, then that takes the extra energy out of me. I was hoping that I could really, you know, put a lot of effort into this community right now and get it really started, but I actually put it a little bit on hold uh, because the plan is that I should be really involved in this community so I can give something back. So it's, it's already there, you know, you ha have swimming programs, you have swimming drills, running programs, running drills, bike programs, bright drills, blah, blah, blah. You have the nutrition, you have everything. So everything is actually online in English and in Danish. And But it just need that extra Michelle, you know. I need I need to be the one to, to push it out there. Uh, and it will come. It will come and it will be worth the wait. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Honestly, I don't think a single person out there would, would fault you for not being super involved in it right now because, yeah, obviously you're training and you still have a ton on your plate with the pregnancy. So, no, that's, that's cool. I, uh, I think when, uh, when you are ready and obviously there's no rush, I think it'll be a really great thing. So I think it's cool what you're doing with that. For sure, it will be there. No, so let's talk about some uh, tips you might have for some age group triathletes. So let's talk about the swim. Uh, yeah. what's, what's something you're doing right now in your swim training that you think would be of benefit to sharing to all the age group triathletes out there? So what I want to share right now is that swimming isn't easy. <laughs> I know <laughs> I've been a swimmer for many years, but right now I feel like a submarine in the water. You know, the only thing that can keep me up in the surface is my pool boy. I really need that one. So what I can give to the age groupers is that they just have to keep trying, keep moving, keep rehearsal, and as they just need to get into the water. You know, that's the first step. And then you never regret a training you did. You never regret going to the pool. You never regret going for a run, right? So in that way, it's a good thing to have a program that makes it easier for me it really doesn't work if I go to the pool these days with 13 kilos extra on my belly and just say that I just want to swim. I really need a program or else it gets way too boring. 
because <laughs> it goes way slower than normal. So I would say go for, get a program. You could get a lot of programs online, but also, again, if you have a coach, force the coach to, to make your program, even though it's just for 1K of swimming, it doesn't matter. It makes it easier. Perfect. Yeah, no, that's great. And so with cycling, do you find with cycling you do more indoors or do you do a lot of outdoors? I definitely, definitely, definitely prefer to bike outdoors. It's so much easier and it gets you all that extra light when it doesn't rain. <laughs> For sure. I know, I know a lot of people talk about Swift and it's cool and you can sit down there and you can hammer, but... I really think that the true power, you get it outside because then you also get that mental energy as well because it can be rough sitting at the home trainer, looking at the computer, you know, looking at your watts. And outside, you just get a little bit extra of free watts, you know. When you, like, now I try to find people that matches my level. So the other day I was out riding with three old men plus 74 years old and uh, and it was just so funny because they they were all professional cyclists so they could really still hammer right but you just get that extra energy by riding with people that's your level a little bit better than you and then you can just put in some intervals when you're out there so i will definitely say ride as much as possible outside not to so it doesn't get into your head and then Lionel Sanders would say something else. <laughs> no, I also, no. I also go on the home trainer when it rains a lot because I don't want my nice argon bikes out on the road and shitty weather. And then I just put on a, a movie uh, or something. Again, Swift is also a possibility. So you just have, again, that program so it doesn't get too boring for you. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's good advice. I think everything you said just makes a lot of sense. And uh, so what's a typical bike training week look like for you? I mean, obviously now it's a little bit different um, going through your pregnancy, but typically when you're sort of in your, your peak race season, do you do some long distance days and then throw in some hard and fast cycling workouts or sort of how do you structure your, your cycling? Uh, it's been a little bit different and it's changed a lot. Uh, I was with Luke van Leerde for four years and I, I don't feel that I had that many intervals with him. I had a lot of kilometers, uh, a lot of long rides, like plus 200 Ks. Uh, and I really enjoyed that kind of training where I just have to sit out there. Again, time to chat with people. I don't like to sit out there for 200 Ks. Don't misunderstand me alone, but with people. I love that. Um, and then I, I changed coats again now. And we have definitely more intervals in the training, you know, so it's a little bit of a mix. We still have the, the hard days, but every training have intervals, more or less. There's always a focus, and that can sometimes be hard as well, I find. Uh, I, I really like and enjoy the training where I don't have a goal. I just told you before that I think that you have to break up the training with programs so you have something to follow so it doesn't get boring. But sometimes I also just like to go out there, especially on the bike, and I don't have to think. I just have to ride for an amount of hours, you know. So that's, that way it's a little bit of a mix. But, but when I was training to Hawaii this last year, every training had a purpose. You know, there was no... No bakery stops and, and fun times 
which I actually enjoy. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. No, that's awesome. And so how do you find what pace you should ride in at, at the races? So like, obviously you can't go full tilt for a full Ironman and then go run a full marathon. Now, do you, do you base it off sort of wattage or sort of off how you perceive your effort or is it a heart rate thing or something like that? Yeah. So I, I push with watts. That's watts. Okay. the most easy part to do. Right. So in, in training, you find out what you're capable of doing and then you just stick to the plane doing races, right? And I don't think I don't have a big difference in my watch between a half or a full Ironman. I'm I'm so much an Ironman athlete that that the pace I'm doing Ironman is it's full out. That's what I can do on an Olympic distance, and that's what I can do on a half distance, and that's what I'm doing on Ironman. So in that way, I think it's a really good measurement and also a place to put focus during races. Because sometimes, again, it gets boring. 180K can be a long ride. And in that way, if you have something other to think about, then that's a good way to look at your numbers. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's some great advice. And so lastly here for running, obviously you're an incredible runner and it's, it's great because the highest percentage of, thank you very much. (laughs) No worries. Yeah. The highest percentage of injuries for, for most age group triathletes sort of come from the run. So a lot of people just try to move up from the sprints to the Olympics, to the, the half Ironmans and eventually the full Ironman. So do you have any tips for the age group triathletes to sort of avoid getting injuries when they're trying to increase their run distance and the volume? So now we're back to listen to your body because I would say that for the last seven years where I've done Kona every single year, I, seven, nine, 13, I'm not going to wood, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I haven't had an injury. Uh, and I think my best advice is to listen to the body and it can sound really difficult to do, but when you when you're in your best, when you're in the shape of your life, you feel like you have to push more and more and more and more once more, right? So in that way, that's where you have to back off. And maybe a coach is a good idea to tell you not to do too much um, because then you will get injured, then you will get hurt, and then you cannot compete at, when it comes to race day. So... I think it's really, really important to listen to your body and also have this balance. You know, if you work 50 hours a week, then you can, you know, postpone extra training hours on the run because the recovery is so important as well. And then it's better to back off and say, okay, this week I didn't run that much, but that doesn't mean that the next week I have to run double. And I think that's where people make the mistake. You know, they get stressed of the training they didn't do then they put more on the top. And that's where I really think it's important to find the balance. And also not to get stressed. You know, when you come to Kona, you see age groupers way more fitter than the pro athletes. And I think that the balance about not getting the right nutrition in, you know, being afraid of eating that cake or being afraid of having too much sugar, um, that also costs us and that's why people get injured. So the nutrition, listen to the body, and then being faithful to the project, you know, in that way saying that if you didn't train that much last week, you know, build it up easily. I, I really like that advice. That's that's probably the best advice I've heard when it comes to run training. It is so true. Many people would think that if they didn't run a lot this week that they have to do double next week. So I think that's really good to point out. So that's awesome. 
really important to have that balance. And also, again, myself, you know, I'm super lean when it comes to Kona. But then after Kona, I also allowed myself to gain two, three, four kilos. And it actually takes me a long time to get rid of these kilos again, because that I know that that's really important to keep injury free, you know, to have that extra balance. So I don't lie there when it's so easy to get sick or so easy to get injured. You could only do that for a few weeks a year, you know, where you're down to the limit, where you have to be there. And as an age grouper, you don't really ever have to be there because injury would just put you way more back than, than you know, a few extra kilos on your belly. <laughs> for sure. Yep. Now, what's your tactic for nutrition in uh, training or in races for the 70.3 or the full Ironmans? Do you use uh, a certain amount of gel packs or Gatorade or what works best for you? So I have an error bottle on my bike where I have all my gels in. And I'm trying to go for like 60 grams an hour. I will weigh around 58, 56 when I'm most fit. So just a little bit more than one gram per, what is one, one gram per kilo of energy. So I have them in, in the gels. And sometimes I also take a bar with me for the Ironman. If I feel like I'm getting hungry out there or else I, I grab a banana on the run course if I feel like I need some solid food or else my whole nutrition is just gels. And that's the same for 70.3 or if it's for an Ironman. And in, and in training, I will lie if I told you that that's what I'm doing in training too. But I wish I would do it more in training. You know, I do it when I have some race-specific training Then I'm trying to do the same nutrition or else uh, I like to eat proper food when I train. I like to have a, a bar or something like that. There's more solid when I'm out there for training because that's also satisfies my head. Yeah. Awesome. No, that, that's good. And thanks for sharing. I appreciate that. So, so, okay. So Michelle, I wanted to try something with on this podcast um, because there's so many questions that I try to ask and we'll see if we can try to do as many questions as we can within one minute. Of course, they're all going to be short answer questions. Um, we'll see how many we can get through in one minute. You in for this? For sure. I'll start the timer then. If you're good to go, I'll, uh, I'll start. Cool. Let's, all right. Let's do it. So what's your favorite race distance? I am in. What's your go-to pre-race breakfast? Bread rolls and Nutella. What's your favorite local race? Challenge Denmark. Uh, what's your best or easiest discipline for you between the swim, bike, and run? Best bike, easiest bike. Cool. Uh, most beautiful place you've traveled? Hawaii. Who is your biggest influence in triathlon? Chrissy Wellington. Who are your sponsors? Argon, Cask, Vision, Craft, Garmin, Cheer, Physic. <laughs> <That's> Perfect. So many. <laughs> so many. So many good and faithful sponsors for sure. Nordic, Lil Vegas. So I have some good Danish ones as well, you know, and everyone has stuck by me through my pregnancy, which is really, really awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, who do you train with the most as a training partner or partners? 
So that depends where I am in the world, you know, because when I'm in, in Denmark, I use the local traveling club here. When I'm in Lanzarote, I train a lot with Camilla Peterson. Uh, I would say Lucy Charles, um, Lena Tams. There's a lot of, of good people there to train with. Uh, when I'm in Boulder, I love my bike rides with Rini. I love to swim with Rachel Joyce. I love to hang out with those girls when, when I'm over there. And that's also why it's one of the places I prefer to come to leading up to Hawaii. Because the those girls are like been in the sport for so long. So we also really have time to enjoy ourselves while we are training and after training. Um, did I forget anyone? Klaus just arrived and he's sitting in the chair. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So it depends where I am in the world, who I train with the most. I would love to say Jody Swallow, but we haven't seen her for quite some time now. Also being busy with the babies and stuff like that. So, Yeah. That's awesome. And, and you know what, that, that's pretty much, that's a wrap. I, obviously I can keep going all day. Um, but sure. You've got a busy rest of the day I'm planned. Are we already done? What's that? Are we already done? You promised me that we could talk for two hours. <laughs> two hours. Yeah. I th- it's been about two hours now, hasn't it? <laughs> I didn't count. I stopped counting. No. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, so I was, I, I thought I was so tired, but then I just start chatting and then I just wake up and now I definitely don't want to nap anymore. <laughs> that's awesome eh? awesome well thanks so much for coming on michelle we uh, appreciate you um thanks again for taking the time and obviously we hope for the best um for you marcus and your husband and um hopefully uh keep us posted on instagram everyone loves seeing that now for those who don't already follow you where's the best place they can uh, reach you at where's all your content i have to admit that this to be try on instagram that's where i post everything these days my facebook is going a little bit downhill but Instagram is so much easier, you know, because you can just post that pretty picture and say whatever you feel like, and you don't have <laughs> to write that much, you know. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Go so you- Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Great. Yeah. And, and if you didn't understand anything of what I said today, then don't write me, write Stephen, then he will. Tell me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Again, thanks so much, Michelle. Um, loved having you on the show, and I was excited to see. See you when uh, your baby's born. So again, take care and we'll talk soon. Awesome. I will. Thank you very much. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Well, guys, there you have it. Michelle Vestry showed us that anything is possible and she's truly unbelievable and just has such amazing charisma. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Michelle. And I'm so glad we're able to have you on today's show. Now, guys, if you want to hear more podcasts like these, then hit that subscribe button and you can follow me on Instagram at pacing.and.racing as well as on YouTube by searching Pacing Racing. And as always, I'd like to offer you guys some exclusive discounts to a few great brands that I'm ambassador for. But of course, due to ambassador policies, I just can't post these on public platforms. So in saying that, if you go to my Instagram page, again, that's pacing.and.racing and click the link in the bio and sign up for the email list. I sent all my subscribers an email with 25 to 60% off some great companies. Now, lastly, if you did like this episode, please just take two minutes to leave a kind review on the podcast channel as this helps us get heard by more listeners through the podcast platform algorithms. Anyways, guys, thanks again. We'll talk to you next time.